Welcome into College Football Smothered and Covered. My name is Barrett Salee. Appreciate you checking out the show. Reminder to follow on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a great week. Why not have a weekend feast? Here's the best of the best from this week's College Football Smothered and Covered. Let's get to the 14-team playoff. It's going to seem like I might be angry for the next five, 10 minutes because I am. I mean, let's just put this out there. I am angry about this. If you begged and pleaded for college football playoff expansion, but you were worried about what it could become, here you go. It's that slippery slope going down the slippery slope. This is exactly what I warned you about. It's exactly what I warned you about. The College Football Playoff Board of Managers on Wednesday discussed the possibility of going from 12 to 14 after the current contract runs out following the 2025 season. And this would include automatic bids, multiple automatic bids for conferences. And I think we all know it would be the Big Ten and the SEC. And look, I I admit when I'm wrong. I admit when I'm wrong. And on this show earlier this month, I said, you know what? Great for uh, Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti. They want to be the czars of college football. They're not looking out for their conferences. They want what's best for the sport. Woo, was I wrong. Was I wrong. Look, I, I, you know, I got you guys, I admit when I'm wrong. I write an end of the, count, an end of the season accountability article every single season whether it was on CFN 15, 20 years ago or BR or now at CB or before at CBS. I wrote it for CBS. If you want to go uh, Google it, Google it. Usually I have it pinned to the top of my X profile. Uh, I unpinned it when I stopped working at CBS. But you know, I admit when I'm wrong and I was dead wrong about this alliance because they're looking out for themselves. They want as many teams in there as they possibly can. And look, no, I, I understand the idea. They're out to work at uh, work for their 14 schools or in Petiti's case, 11 billion schools, whatever. So I get that part, but they don't care about the future of college football. I thought they did. Thought they wanted to be czars. They don't. Look, never has there been more proof than this sentence right here. This is from ESPN. And, and, and I highlighted the most important part. The bump from 12 to 14 teams as opposed to 16 would mostly address the issue of access rather than finances. Access rather than finances. What have I said for 20 years? An expanded playoff favors access over excellence. And what do you, they're telling you that they only care about access and money. They don't care about which team is the best in the country. They don't care about settling it on the field. They care about money. And money is delivered to them from access. This is what you wanted. Like, and here's the thing. Like, all the people def- like, voting for, exp- all the fans that want expansion, say, well, let's settle it on the field. They don't care. They don't care about settling it on the field. They care about access. They care about money. They're flat out telling you. Here's the quote again. They are flat out telling you. That it's not about granting the best team in the country a national champion. They're telling you they don't care. 
They don't care about settling it on the field. They care about that money. Dollar dollar bill. They care about access because that's what creates money. So if you thought settling it on the field meant figuring out the national championship, no, settling it on the field now for these guys means how do we make more money? Period. End of story. This is this is so frustrating. Because those of us who are minimalists warned you about this for so long. And now they don't care. Now they don't care at all. How do you fix it? You can't. Slippery slope. If you wanted this, you got it. We're on our way to 64 teams. We're on our way to a regular season that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now. They're telling you it doesn't matter now. You may think, oh, yeah, they, they want to they, they award the national championship. No, they're not. Let's look at it again. They want to split up automatic qualifiers. Could the Big Ten and SEC get as many as four automatic bids? Those discussions were had. Let me tell you, does the fourth best Big Ten or SEC team deserve a national championship? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And if you say they do, you're telling me that the regular season doesn't matter. And spare me the dumb idea that, oh, they'll be talking about bids and buys. That's ridiculous. A 9-3 SEC team that doesn't make the championship game does not deserve a chance at the national championship. Zero. None. It doesn't. It's not excellent. But again, they don't care about excellence. They care about access and they care about money. Let's look at it again. It's the highlighted part of this quote. They don't care. They don't care. It's sad, man. It, it really is sad. I hate it for college football, and I hate it for you, the fan. Because in the BCS era, and to an extent the college football playoff, the four-team four era, you still didn't know what every game meant, and that was the beauty. That was a feature. That was not a bug. In week two, if there was an upset to a potential national championship caliber team. You thought that team was dead throughout the course of the season, but it might not have been. Ohio State in 2014, losing to Virginia Tech in year two or week two. They ended up winning the national championship. But at the time, it was an abject disaster. It was a failure. It was an indictment of Urban Meyer's team. And that's what makes it so great. Arguing, freaking out, passion, throughout the course of the season, matters. And I'd argue that the national championship itself is only one part of the enjoyment of college football. And to me, it's not the most important part. It's the three months of the regular season. It's the storylines that develop that have really nothing to do with the national championship. Hey, got a big new sponsor. It's Breaking Tea. Wear the moment. Check this shirt out. It's Hook'em. It's from Quinn Ewers. Texas fans, you're going to want to see this because this is on BreakingTea.com. Hey, if you want to go check Breaking Tea out, BreakingTea.com slash smothered and covered. BreakingTea.com slash smothered and covered. That'll get you any college football shirt that you want. They've got viral videos. They come out like basically an hour after something viral happens, something incredible happens. They've got vintage shirts i mean i'm a braves fan i see andrew jones on there in fact check this shirt out when sid slid you can get this on the braves 
site on Breaking Tea. You can go to breakingtea.com slash Braves as well. But this is a this is a great shirt as well. So uh, give them a give them a a look. If you're a college football fan, breakingtea.com slash smothered and covered or breakingtea.com slash Braves. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In our industry, you get some very interesting odds and marketing emails from either on uh, offshore or onshore gambling services. And I don't know if it's because I'm in Colorado or not. And, you know, Steve Jobs and, uh, and Tim Cook are spying on me using location services. But I got one this morning from betcolorado.com. And it's interesting because it is the odds for Coach Deion Sanders' next team. And one thing that jumped out to me is that Colorado is not on this list, obviously, because it's for his next team. But um, there's no even money on anything like this. So uh, we're going to start at the top. And we're going to start with Florida State at plus 600. That's the most likely destination for Coach Prime whenever he decides to move on from Colorado. Or if ever, if he ever decides to move on from Colorado. Florida State at plus 600. The percent chance of this, which is interesting, you usually don't get percent chances in these emails. Usually it's just a, they throw up a bunch of odds and they're like, oh, okay, let's see what sticks, who talks about it, and then we might get some some customers from it. But for Florida State's not getting rid of their coach. Florida State is not getting rid of Mike Norvell. And, you know, he re-upped with Florida State. They're very happy with him. It's not his fault that they didn't get into the college football playoff last year. It's not his fault that Jordan Travis got hurt. So I'd love to know from betcolorado.com. And if anybody from betcolorado.com listens to College Football Smothered and Covered, please hit me up. I'd love to know why in the hell would Florida State be on this list to begin with, much less be the most likely team for Deion Sanders. They're not firing Mike Norvell anytime soon. And Mike Norvell's not going anywhere anytime soon. He's got a great gig at Florida State. And the reason I say it's a great gig, and we'll talk about the turmoil at Florida State off the field a little bit later in the show. And I know that might play in to what Mike Norvell decides to do, or at least 
be part of the talking point. But that's a dumb talking point. Because if you're Mike Norvell, you can feast on the ACC until the legal battle settles itself. And then you can do whatever you want, wherever you go, whatever conference, you're independent, I don't care. So Mike Norvell is going to be sitting there cashing checks, dominating a Power Four conference for the foreseeable future. That's going to play okay in Tallahassee. Just saying it's probably going to play okay in Tallahassee. On top of that, he operates the transfer portal pretty much the same way Deion Sanders does. Not necessarily to that extent, but pretty much the same way that Deion Sanders does. You look at who was on that team last year. Jordan Travis, Jared Verse, Trey Benson. All those guys are transfers. What does Deion do well? He gets transfers. Travis Hunter, Shadur Sanders, all those guys, right? So why in the hell would Florida State get rid of Mike Norvell? Doesn't make any sense. All right, next on this list, and two teams are tied for the next most likely destinations for Deion Sanders, and that is Florida and Arkansas. Now, these two make sense. They're at plus 1,000. The percent chance of Deion taking those jobs are tied at 9.1%. So these, this is interesting. We'll start with Florida. They're probably going to get rid of Billy Napier if he's 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five because I don't care how tough the schedule is, the Florida fan base is just not going to tolerate that, especially if Deion's out there. But they're just not going to tolerate that in general because you're talking about three straight mediocre seasons, way worse than whatever Dan Mullen did in his previous three seasons. So a coaching vacancy in Florida is very likely, especially when you factor in the schedule. To me, though, and look, I, I think Dion would kill it at Florida. I think he would inject a, a ton of um, enthusiasm into that program, much needed enthusiasm. He would absolutely hit the transfer portal, which is something that Florida would definitely needs because from a roster standpoint, they're nowhere close to where they need to be in terms of competing in the SEC. I just don't know if Dion would want to go to his rival. Maybe he would. Maybe he would like to stick it to Florida State. I just don't see that happening, though. He, he has too much pride in himself, his ego. If he rebuilds Florida and builds them back better than Florida State, I just I can't see that situation developing. Now, at Arkansas, I absolutely could see this happening. For those that don't remember, pre-Chad Morris, when Arkansas hired Chad Morris, Dion was still, I believe he was in Texas doing high school stuff, doing his school. And he lobbied behind the scenes for that Arkansas job. And Arkansas was interested. I'm not necessarily sure if they officially interviewed him, but I think there was some talk. There were talks. There was some flirtation between Arkansas and Coach Prime. It didn't work out. Arkansas hired Chad Morris. That was a disaster. Sam Pittman got hired. He's okay. I love Sam Pittman. Great dude. Would love to have a beer with him. I love talking to him. It's fair to say that this year he's on the hot seat. Not the hottest seat in the SEC, not the hottest seat in the country, but if he doesn't perform, there probably will be a vacancy there. It's one thing for Dion 
to have a mediocre season in the Pac-12. But what if he goes to the Big 12 next year when Colorado makes the jump and is decent? That is way more proof than Arkansas needs to, to go hire Coach Prime. And I don't know if y'all are aware of this, but Deion Sanders is a pretty prideful guy. He, he, he's a big fan of himself. So going to the SEC and potentially dominating in the SEC seems like something that he would be a fan of doing if he finds the right job. That's the problem, though. What's the right job? Can he dominate at Arkansas? Probably not. He probably cannot dominate at Arkansas. But that's the thing. Does he want that challenge? And I think of all the people that Arkansas could hire. And look, this is going to come off really bad to Arkansas fans. You're not going to get a much better coach. And in the new look SEC, you're not going to be much better than average. So how do you fix that? You take a risk. And hiring Deion Sanders could potentially be a risk that pays off. Might not. But if you're Arkansas, you need to roll the dice from here on out. Because with Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC, again, you're not going to be anything other than an average to maybe slightly above average program if you keep going with somewhat traditional SEC-based hires. If you're at Arkansas, you need to recruit Texas. Deion Sanders obviously has a ton of ties in Texas, both with his post-professional football career and his professional career with the Cowboys. So at plus 1,000, 9.1%, we've gone through Florida State, Florida, and Arkansas. And these odds courtesy of betcolorado.com. I'd put Arkansas, out of those three, far more likely as the number one landing spot of those three. And probably the country. So moving on, the next one. And we'll plow through these a little bit quicker because, you know, these are a little bit more fun, a little bit more unlikely. Auburn at plus 12,000, a 7.7% chance, according to betcolorado.com. This is a bunch of crap. (laughs) This is a bunch of crap. They're not going to fire Hugh Freeze. And look, I know a little bit about Auburn. Family had season tickets forever, grew up going to those games. Dad and stepdad went there. Stepdad played there. I went there, worked in the media relations department. My wife and all my friends and family are off. I know a little bit about the planes. There is not a chance in hell they don't give Hugh Freeze a couple more years. I don't care what happens in 2024. I know it's a cutthroat business, and we saw what happened with Brian Harson, and we know they fired Dean Chizik two years after winning a national championship, and Gus Malzahn's seat was hot, cold, warm, whatever, for the entire the tenure of his career outside of the 2013, 2014 seasons. But I think they're go- they understand that the roster is extremely thin. They understand on the planes that they need to build the, the, the roster back to a point where they need to go through multiple transfer portal windows and multiple seasons and multiple high school recruiting cycles to at least be competitive with the Georgias 
and the Texases of the world. Now, in two seasons, could things change? And maybe they go after Coach Prime. There are too many chefs in the Auburn's kitchen to let Prime take control of the program. And yes, that is a criticism of Auburn. There are too many chefs in the kitchen. That's always been the case. Things have changed a little bit. And great, that's fine. But, and, and it works. I, I think Auburn is beautifully, I always talk about beautifully dysfunctional on the show. You guys know I always talk about being beautifully dysfunctional. Auburn is the microcosm of that as a program within a sport that is beautifully dysfunctional. Because it has worked. The Auburn way has worked. So those chefs are not leaving that kitchen. So they're not going to give Dion what he wants, which is full control. Next up on this list of odds from betcolorado.com, the U plus 1750, a 5.4% chance for Coach Prime, tied with USC on this list from betcolorado.com, incidentally. Uh, Dion is perfect for Miami. Absolutely perfect. And they're, they're fed up with Mario Cristobal. The time management thing is a problem. It's a big, big problem. And think about how well he can recruit in South Florida. Mario Cristobal was supposed to be the guy that comes in and rekindles the fire of the U. That takes the region from I-4 South and turns it back in to the state of Miami. He has not done that. Now, it is a lot harder to do that than it was 20 years ago because everybody else is involved in the region, the area as well. But Dion can sell the entire program to that region, that fan base, that area. Look, I've said for years that the the biggest problem at Miami is the stadium. And I know that's an easy criticism of the program. It is a massive problem. Nobody wants to play in front of 10,000 people inside of an NFL stadium. And it's a revamped stadium, and it's beautiful, but nobody wants to do that. If Miami can build a 25, 30,000-seat stadium on campus or near campus, and I know real estate is really, really expensive in Coral Gables and the surrounding areas, but that's all they need. And I urge you guys to, to – this is not really off track. Go look at Snapdragon Stadium for San, San Diego State. If Miami built something that nice, a little bit bigger, they'd kill it. And guess who can raise those funds? Coach Prime. He can do it. He can 100% do it. So, I would, at plus 1750, I'm in Colorado right now. I don't know if I can actually bet on this. I'm going to actually go research that a little bit later on today because, again, I'm sitting here laid up in the hotel room with a giant mechanical brace on my knee. So I don't really have much any, anything else to do. But at plus 1750, that's good enough for a little bit of a flyer. 
And Miami is tied in these odds with USC at plus 1750, 5.4% chance. USC's not going to fire Lincoln Riley. They've invested too much. The coup to get him from Oklahoma was such a big deal. And the dude led Caleb Williams to a Heisman Trophy. That matters. The offensive production matters. The way they've been able to go out and hit the transfer portal, build a great offense, it matters. However, as is the case with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, he doesn't give a crap about defense. So if they do let him go, they would need to see multiple seasons beyond 2024 where he neglects his defense. And that could happen. But I think the bigger reason and the more likely reason that he's on this list is if he goes to the NFL. Now, I absolutely could see Lincoln having those aspirations. I could absolutely see Lincoln with NFL desires. I think his ego writes checks that his body can't cash because he doesn't focus on fundamentals, especially tackling. But he's a phenomenal offensive genius. If Cliff Kingsbury can get a job in the NFL, Lincoln Riley absolutely can. However, what happens at USC next season or the season after? If they continue with this all gas, no breaks format, and I say that defense, all gas, no breaks for the uh, for the or offense, all gas, defense, no breaks, then who's going to want him? Who's going to want him? I don't see anybody really wanting him all that much. And then on these betcolorado.com odds for Deion Sanders' next team, other is at plus 120, 45.5% chance. Other is the most likely. I'd love to know who other is. I'd really like to know what team other is because it is at plus 120 ahead of all these other teams. But uh, very interesting odds from betcolorado.com on Deion Sanders' next team. Now, this show brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations. If you're looking to a for, for a vacation rental along the beautiful Gulf Coast of Florida, Coastal Vibe Vacations has you covered. 850-888-0515, coastalvibevacations.com. A beautiful area on Okaloosa Island between Destin and Fort Walton. It's about 10 minutes from the heart of Destin, but Okaloosa Island, a hidden gem. So much to do for you and your family. Water sports, restaurants, bars, you name it, Okaloosa Island has it. Coastal Vibe Vacations, 850-888-0515, coastalvibevacations.com. Let's talk about projections. Let's talk about predictions. Put this out on X. Put this out on Instagram. Put this out basically wherever you put it out on social media. Threads, Facebook, everything, right? My 12-team prediction under the new 5-7 format. And Ohio State fans who got all over me when I did this one of my last few days at CBS and didn't have Ohio State in that field, that was before coaching changes elsewhere, that was before 
Ohio State cleaned up in the transfer portal market. That was through all of that, before all that. So this is a revamped edition. And again, subject to many, 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 many changes. Number one, Georgia. I think they'll go undefeated. I know it's a tough schedule, but one of the best quarterbacks in college football, the Heisman Trophy front runner, taking the snaps. A very deep and versatile running back core. I think a very underrated offensive coordinator in Mike Bobo and a defense under Glenn Schumann that is lights out. It is nonstop. There is no reason to think that defense will take a step back at all, ever. This is better than what they had at Bama during the Kirby Smart days. You just plug and play. Lather, rinse, repeat. There are dudes everywhere across that defense. Number two now is Ohio State. And that again, Ohio State fans, you were all over me. Now you're un- I think you're going to be undefeated. I-, I can't wait to see what happens with all these guys that came in. Quinshawn Judkins, in addition to Travion Henderson, talk about a one-two punch in that backfield. Uh, that is one of those essential parts of an offense that, especially in a Ryan Day offense, that he, he can't avoid. I think there's this idea that they have to have a running quarterback. That's false. Now, I will say this. Well, Caleb Downs, I think, is the biggest transfer portal addition by far. But I think everybody knows that. Now, the one question I have with Ohio State is, what do you do at quarterback? Because I think there was this idea that when Ohio State went out and got Will Howard from from Kansas State, that they were going to automatically go back to what Ohio State was when JT Barrett was there, when Braxton Miller was there. And nothing can be further from the truth to me because Will Howard is not that good. He's not that good of a passer. He lost his job to Avery Johnson. He was not going to start at Kansas State this year. And I think Ryan Day is smart enough to, to, to give himself options. You can have the running quarterback, and that's great. Or you can have Devin Brown. He might transfer. You have Julian Sane coming in from Alabama, one of the top-rated prospects from this past recruiting class. You have Aaron Nolan. You have options in Columbus. And as long as Ryan Day makes the right quarterback decision and doesn't get married to a running quarterback as the centerpiece of his offense, that team's going to be unreal. Just absolutely unreal. And I think Ryan Day's smart enough to do that. I think it might be Julian saying, maybe it's Devin Brown, maybe Will Howard comes in as a package quarterback, and that's fine. But I think that's all he should be. I think that's all he should be. But beyond that, that team is just absolutely loaded on both sides of the ball. And you look at their schedule, it's not that bad other than road trips to Oregon and Penn State. That is a little bit of a problem, but it's spaced out well. You get a couple games to fine-tune things, you get a break, you get four more, one one of which is the final of that four at Oregon, you get a break, you get Penn State two weeks later, it's spaced out pretty well. And what that means to me is that the depth that Ohio State has, and it's got depth, will show its face and be a big factor for this team. Number three, Clemson. You got to have a conference champ. 
I picked Clemson. And the reason I picked Clemson out of the ACC, and I don't think they're going to go undefeated. Full disclosure, I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But the reason I picked Clemson is that I think the, the offense will take a step forward. I believe in Clay, Cade Klubnick still. The offensive line is deep and experienced, and that's the most important thing with an offensive line. Only one underclassman is expected to be a starter. That's huge. You still have a running threat in Mafa. You get Barrett Carter back in the middle of, of a loaded defense. You're talking about an All-American caliber player. And I think Clemson will be just fine. I think Clemson will be just fine. And here's the thing. Even if they're not, even if they're just okay, the schedule does set up pretty well. The only tough game, the only tough game in the early part of the season is Georgia in the opener. That's the only one. Georgia in the opener early in the season. You have to fine-tune some things. You get NC State at home. At Florida State on October 5th is the big one. That's the big one. But And then get Louisville at home. But why Clemson over Florida State? Well, to me, Florida State has, I, I think Florida State has more to beat more on its roster than, I'm sorry, I think Clemson has more on its roster than Florida State. Florida State's going over massive turnover. And look, I think that team absolutely can be dangerous, but I'm counting on Cade Klubnik. I think they've got a better quarterback. I am not buying in DJ Ubiungalile. I am off that hype train. And so I think Clemson will be a one, maybe two loss team. Well, I would say they probably are a two loss team with one conference loss. I don't know where it'll be. I don't think it'll be Florida State. They'll lose to Georgia, obviously. They'll maybe get upset somewhere, maybe not. But I am a fan of Clemson. I'm a fan of Dabo Sweeney. And more important, I'm a fan of an offense that I think will take a big step forward in year two. Now, here's the one that jumped out to everybody on X. And that is the number four seed, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And man, did people jump all over me on that one. But it's got to be a conference champ. It's got to be a conference champ. So why not Oklahoma State? You look at the returning studs they have back, led by Ollie Gordon II at running back. Paymon Strong perhaps was the best running back in the country by the end of the season. You put him behind five senior offensive linemen. Five senior offensive linemen. And you have a veteran quarterback in Allen Bowman. And look, I know he's not great, but he's better than average. And in a Mike Gundy offense, that's all you need to be if you've got a stud running back and you have 
an absolute monster at running back. And defensively, they're okay. They're okay. They're not great, but they're okay. But what do we say on this show all the time? Defense doesn't win championships. Just enough defense wins championships. And I look at this schedule. The only tough road game in conference is at Kansas State. They avoid some big-time star, like star-studded teams. Take a look at their in-conference road games at Kansas State, at BYU, at Baylor, at TCU, at Colorado. Does that scare anybody? No. The only two te- uh, games that scare me are Utah and Kansas State. Now, those are back-to-back. But they're also in September. Oklahoma State doesn't have to tweak anything. They're going to hit the ground running against South Dakota State, which is actually a tough game. But it doesn't matter. Top four conference, cha- top five conference champions. I think Oklahoma State will win the Big 12. I know they're polarizing for some stupid reason because of Mike Gundy, but that's a good team. That's a really good team. The other conference champion I have is Tulane. And you could talk me into Memphis. You could talk me into Boise State. You can talk me into a lot of teams. They're going to be number 12. I mean, whoever is that fifth automatic qualifier is not going to be very good. Because look at what I have. And I'm going to go through these at-larges relatively quickly. But Texas, top-ranked at-large team. I think they'll lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. But they've got dudes. You look at Quinn Ewers and Carson Beck. Can you imagine Quinn Ewers versus Carson Beck in the SEC championship game? That is absolutely beautiful. So maybe Texas is the number one seed. I think they'll lose to Georgia. They're the top ranked at large. You look at what Sarkeesian's done with leading that team to the playoff last year, killing it in the transfer portal, built from the inside out. Line of scrimmage out on both sides of the ball. That's what they showed against Alabama last year. That's a game plan that Sark has implemented basically from the moment he got that job at Texas. So give me Texas as the top-ranked at-large. I'll take Oregon behind them, followed by Notre Dame and Alabama. Oregon, I'm not the biggest Dylan Gabriel guy, but I am a big Dan Lanning guy. And again, a lot like Texas, they're built from the inside out, and they've got weapons all over the place for Dylan Gabriel. Now, again, I don't think he's a superstar. He's third in Heisman Trophy odds right now from Caesars. That is way too aggressive. But is he good enough to get you to a 12-team playoff? The answer is yes, because Oregon will use him in a way where they can contend and probably be in a Big Ten championship game. As long as he doesn't screw things up, I think he'll be fine. I think that Oregon team will be fine because, again, I trust Dan Lanning, and I trust Dylan Gabriel enough to at least be smart. And in a Big Ten that's kind of undergoing not just a little bit of turmoil from a or a little a bit of change from a from a membership standpoint, you look at the quarterbacks. I mean, there are none. Like, Drew Aller is the only stud that's proven it. 
in the Big Ten, and he really hadn't done that. So give me Oregon at six, Notre Dame at seven, Riley Leonard, Marcus Freeman's a great coach. They're, if they're 10 and two, they're in. I think at, at the number seven spot, 10 and two, I'm fully on board with Notre Dame being at least relevant. And I know people say, hey, they're, they're overrated. They're really not. You go back and look at where they started from the, in the AP top 25 to where they end. Pretty much every season, they're ranked properly before the season. And a lot of times, they actually finish higher. So they're not overrated. And I don't really look at this schedule as, as something that's daunting. At Texas A&M, the Aggies, I think, are still going to struggle. Louisville at home, you know, that's Louisville I'm not sold on. Florida State at home, USC on the road, I get that. But this is a pretty navigable schedule. And it's set up, spaced out very well. Off week on October 5th, off week on November 2nd. So you got plenty of time to fine-tune things if you're Marcus Freeman. A reminder, go to breakingtea.com slash smothered and covered. Check out your viral college football shirts. They have everything, every team that you can possibly imagine Breaking Tea has, from humorous shirts to viral shirts, wear-the-moment shirts, legacy shirts, everything you want. Go to breakingtea.com slash smothered and covered. Rounding out these projections, got Alabama 8, Utah 9, and Ole Miss 10 with Michigan at 11. Now, I know people say Alabama, so so much roster turnover, new coach, whatever. Look, I have Alabama as the third best team in the SEC. Is that the craziest thing in the world? Alabama is the third best team in the SEC? No, it's not. I know it's, it's unusual to say that. But when you go through a coaching change from the GOAT to anybody, you're going to struggle. Could Alabama be a 10-2 and two team? Yeah. They absolutely could be a 10-2 and two team. They could be a 9-3 and three team and still make the college football playoff and, in my opinion, chime in at number eight because there is a little bit of an Alabama bump, and Kalen DeBoer is a good offensive mind. The schedule is tough. They get Georgia, obviously, in September. They got to go to Neyland to play Tennessee. They got to go to Death Valley. They got to go to Norman, Oklahoma. And they have the Iron Bowl, which, you know, it's in Tuscaloosa, but you never know what to expect in that Iron Bowl. But even a 9-3 and three Bama gets in and gets in middle of the pack, and that's exactly where I have them at number eight. Utah 9, basically this is built on trusting Kyle Whittingham. In the Big 12, in a new-look Big 12, they're not going to have any issues implementing that hard nose from the inside-out style. Texas was successful with that under Sark. After they move, Utah's probably going to be that one team that jumps in with that identity. Now, could I give Utah a bump up to number four and move Oklahoma State back? Absolutely, I can. So if you want to argue that, argue it away. You have great points. You have great points. Whatever your points are, you got great points. I could 100% move Utah up to number four as the Big 12 champion and move Oklahoma State back a little bit. Totally cool with that. Ole Miss, I think they're going to be phenomenal. I, I, if you go back and listen to the Ole Miss love I've had on this show, but I think when you get a quarterback in Jackson Dart back under a Lane Kiffin system, they're going to be lights out, absolutely lights out. Not terribly concerned with the Quinchon Judkins uh, loss because I do think with Ulysses Bentley and Logan Diggs, they can be fine. And you're going to add Jackson Dart to that running mix as well. And so Trey Harris, I mean, and look, they got to be adequate defensively. 
be chaotic. They can do that. And if you're 9-3 and three in the SEC, you're in. I got Michigan at 11. Donovan Edwards' back is huge. In the Big Ten, or if you're the third best team, and right now that's where I have Michigan behind Ohio State and Oregon, it'll be fine. Again, 9-3, and 10-2, and two, you get in. And then Tulane, again, if you want to convince me Memphis, if you want to convince me Boise State, I had Boise State in my initial ver version of these rankings, so uh, fully on board with that. That'll do it for this edition of the College Football Smothered and Covered Weekend Feast, the best of show from the week that was. Don't forget to give us a follow, YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, Apple Podcast, wherever you get your college football content. We'll be back for another full week of college football smothered and covered next week. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.